following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. See if we get out of here in about uh, less than 90 mi- minutes, whether it's a frozen pond. Is it starting to get cold out? It is. Yeah. Temperature's supposed to drop. All this stuff is out there. I might be just ice skating home. At least you got new brakes. At this point, you know. It's true. It's very true. Listen to a little Nat King Cole on the way over here. Wow. I'm like, oh, yeah. Jesus. That's, that's, that's one of those that kind of gets me going in the holiday spirit. I got to start Christmas shopping because I really haven't yet. I don't order a stuff, ton of stuff online, but I'm trying to get trying to get in the in the Christmas mood. It always makes me think of Gramps. Gotcha. Um, All right. So, yeah, just one of those things. Sure. Packers play on Christmas. Yeah. Man, I don't love that. I no, don't, I, don't I don't love that. There's NFL games on Christmas. I don't really either. They, and the NBA has kind of had a stranglehold on yeah. that day for how how long has that uh, been? Because it's expanded, right? Yeah, there there it, used to yeah. be just a couple. It used to be like two games. Now there's five. Right. I mean, it's been several years. But, I mean, the NFL horning in on somebody's territory <laughs> is not really surprising. That's just kind of how they operate. Didn't the Bucks play on Christmas last, last year? Last two years. Last they two have, years. And, are they, uh, are they, they playing do, this year? Yeah, they got the Celtics at, at uh, home this year at the Pfizer. Okay. So. Excellent. So as I we thought get... about going, but I really? don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not going to, but are those... I thought about it. I mean, I haven't really paid attention to the thanks the teams that play and host on Thanksgiving, the Lions and the Cowboys in the NFL. Like, I get it uh, if you want to do that in its tradition, and if you usually usually go and you make a tradition out of it, that's cool. But I kind of want to know what the attendance is continually for a bad team that plays on a major holiday. I mean, does it mean does having it be on Thanksgiving? mean more for people to go or if you're shitty do you find more of an excuse to try and get rid of your tickets i'm sure there's a lot of people in those two particular cities that it's a tradition to go that and that's I mean, kind of what kinda i'm thinking like, it's kind of like what it's part of your thanksgiving right is the well, lion game right you know and yeah just like people go black friday shopping we go to the lions game mm-hmm. on thanksgiving yeah um so i i, I but and I guess I don't watch a whole lot of NBA on Christmas. Are those games generally everywhere pretty well attended and sold out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, they're you know, they're always in big cities. So, you know, for the most part, I mean. Giant markets. There's going to be, you know, L.A., New York, Miami. So, Houston, those mm-hmm. are usually you should go. The good teams. You should go. I'm not going this year. No. If they, if, maybe next year, but I'm not. I'm not going. This okay. Year. All right. Welcome to this edition of the Too intentional risky, man. Who the hell knows who's going to even play? <laughs> We'll get to that because we have a, a, a list of who's not playing tonight as we record on a, a Wednesday night on this edition. We'll go over the NFL. We'll talk Packers-Bears um, from Sunday night. We'll go through uh, the playoff picture and upcoming games for this week. And then we'll turn to uh, some basketball for some uh, NBA stuff. Again, we mentioned the Bucks, College Hoops, Badgers play tonight. Um, Marquette is off until Saturday and uh, then you have a new surprise for us, which we will uh, talk about as well. So all that ahead, we'll start 
Uh, with the kind of the NFL as a whole and really sports, because we're seeing it in the NBA now, seeing it in the NFL, and we're seeing it also in the NHL because the Blackhawks just had a game canceled. Everybody seems to be getting COVID. Every team is getting hit. Yeah. Giannis has it. Um, Baker Mayfield has Baker it. Baker Mayfield and the coach for the Browns. Yep. The Bears have now five players on their COVID list. Jordan Love just got it for the Packers last week, which led to Kurt Bankert uh, taking the uh, the mop-up snaps and the kneel-downs to end the game against Chicago. So stuff's just stuff's just going around. Well, it's cold and flu season. Yes, it is. And, you know, this is where, you know, regardless of – your political affiliation and your opinion on COVID. I mean, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road is how far are and how long are we going to do this with the mandatory testing every day of these, of the most physically fit and healthy people on the planet. Um, You know, every time I, you know, you see these guys are out in the COVID protocols, like with like Giannis, for example, I'm like, well, but is he sick? You know, if you're not sick, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's just I, I wish that we didn't have to go through this constantly. Uh, COVID is is here forever. Um, the vaccine is not 100%. It's not a cure-all. It's no different than anybody that's ever taken any flu shot ever. Just because you get flu shot don't mean you don't get flu. just means you don't get it as bad. So, I don't know. It, it's it's frustrating. I'm sure these leagues are very frustrated. Um but, you know, as long as they keep these these same policies in place, I don't know what's going to change. I'm wondering when it's going to get to the point where everybody, like you said, we're not going to get rid of this no, ever. ever. So do we put something in place as a mitigating factor and just this is what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering what that point will be. Well, I mean, guys have always, in, in every sport ever, have always played sick. Guys have played with the flu a million times. There are. And been in close contact with people. It's been documented. And it's been stories. Ce- it's been celebrated. Right. When guys play and sick. And have a great game yeah. when they're, you know, getting and we weren't worried about, and you stuff. know, I mean, a flu could have killed, an, you know, if Michael Jordan has the flu and he gives it to Carl Malone and Carl Malone's mother is compromised and he gives her the flu and she, what, what's the difference than what we're going through now? Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just a strange, <laughs> it's a strange time we're in. You know, with with all of the the COVID stuff, and I don't know. I mean, are they bending to public pressure with all this stuff? Are they really truly worried that a player is gonna like die on the field? Like, I I don't know. I I don't know. It's just bizarre. But I tell you what, I'm fucking sick of talk about it on <laughs> on these podcasts and shit. I'll tell you that it's it's just constantly in the news. I purposely don't do it in the morning. Because I don't want to trigger somebody mm-hmm. who's just waiting to pounce every time you mention it. Like we we get stories even when you mention it, it's nothing having to do with which side you're on and what you believe and science versus you know uh, uh, freedom of what whatever. And you always get people that need to tell you yeah, whatever you're yeah. saying is wrong for sure, for sure. And it's just like I didn't. This is why I don't do it. I mentioned Giannis today on the air because it's a story about it's a Giannis. team that we follow. It's Giannis. It's in I mean, Wisconsin. You talked about Rodgers, too. Yes. He's a star. It's, 
it's just the nature of the business. He's in protocol. That's it. I don't put an op-ed in right. with my opinion about what we just talked about or what you just, that's, that has nothing to do with it. Here's the story, boom, done, over. Mm-hmm. But yet you still get some people who are just so easily triggered by this well, stuff. Well, Ted, Ted Davis and Mike Heller were talking about it on their show today. I, I caught a little bit of it, and you know, Ted called it fear porn. You know, and it's just like this, we're, everybody's so ginned up with fear that, like, anytime you're like, well, they get pissed, everybody starts yelling at you, you know. And it's like, hey, man, I get it. It's very personal to a lot of people. A lot of people you and I know and care about. Yep. And we're not minimizing any of that stuff. But it's like, it just sucks when you're like, oh, God, I have tickets to the Bucks and nobody's playing. Right. And I don't even really know, like, because a lot of these guys now, they're getting the false positives. LeBron had a false positive like a week ago, Mm -hmm. you know, and he has to sit out uh, a game. And it's like, if you're a little kid and that's your one time to see LeBron and, but he's not even sick. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's messed up. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about some actual stuff. You and I were talking, we're texting during the Packers bears. I was a little nervous when it got to be 10, (laughs) nothing. Um, and, and and I can get to special teams later. Um, but, uh, Packers were down early. They, they got the ball at the start of the second half. And by then it it was kind of, it was kind you could tell the, the way things were headed in what direction was going to be a green Bay win. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's nice to get rid of that and, and, and win the series and be done. Weird stuff happens during those games. Um, like any rivalry, um, but yeah, not as not as really close as oh as, as the score. Like if the Packers don't make a lot of the stupid idiot mistakes on special teams, I I think it's probably a route. And and fifteen points, I don't think is a route, but there's a potential there to be probably in the is 50s. twenty-four to three a route because that was the second half. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I mean the, it wasn't close. That game yeah. was. If you take away the punt return. Now it's 45 to 23, that's a route. And then you've got uh kind of two just stupid random plays with the Bears on offense where some dude just got in a gap somehow and ran and he was really fast and he ran for a touchdown. That's it. I mean, that's all it was. The Bears had no shot of stopping the Packers from scoring. They put up 45 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they what had was the a pick, pick six. six. But they so they threw up 38 points. I mean, this game was not close. These teams are not close. Um, special teams, and I, I talked about this on Monday. I, I don't know. It, it, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of opinions floated out about. I just don't understand how continually, after however many special teams coaches there have been, and I didn't look it up, but I I know there's been three in the last five or six years. They're continually bad. And I don't know where you get these guys from. I don't know. I didn't know who Maurice Drayton was when he got the job. I don't know where he came from. Um, I know that uh, the dude who was the head coach down at uh, Illinois, who's now his name escapes, escapes me, but things got bad when he was there. Then they got a new guy, and he had to be fired. I just don't understand how you can have players who continually make boneheaded mistakes. They can't find anyone to... Uh, actually catch the ball with any regularity without dropping it or muffing it. 
they've tried, I don't know how many people. And the, and the most successful guy that they had in a long time when they picked him up last year or the year before when their punt return was last in the league and he got him and he pushed him up to the top half, Tyler Irvin, he's not even on a team right now. They chose to get rid of him and he wouldn't have cost them any money at all. But instead they've had half a dozen guys back there to try and return. None of them have been able to do it. I don't understand. How do you allow these long kick and punt returns, and how can you not get any yardage when you are receiving the ball? Well, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I heard John Kuhn talk about it yesterday, or Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday. Uh, they don't have any special teams players. All of their guys are they're guys that they want to actually play on the field. Like He was like, he ran down a list of guys. He's like, there's no Chris Banjo. There's no any he, he had two or three other guys. He's like, those guys are just special teams guys. Like they're not guys that are gonna like play wide receiver for you. They're special teams guys, and the Packers don't have any of that. You know, and he 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 said like Oren Burks was a really, really good special teams guy. I don't think he's on special teams anymore. Well, they're and, not any now they're they're not gonna be now because LaFleur said that now in the face of everything stupid that happened, they're going to have to count on their regulars. Alan yes. Lazard is going to have to go return punts. But, like, uh, th- but something that he brought up, he's like, when when Seattle was really good, when they had the Legion to boom, all those guys were on special teams. So, are you know, maybe are the Packers like, well, we don't want to get Kevin King hurt. Exactly. So we're not going to put him on special teams. But, dude, like, you got to. You want to win a Super Bowl? Or you want to keep... Looking like a monkey fucking a football. Yeah, I mean, because inevitably what happens in these situations is um, you're going to play in the divisional game, and it's going to be a one-score game, and you're going to you're going to punt, and they're going to run it back, and you're going to lose. You do what you did on Sunday against any team that's any good in the playoffs, and you're done. Oh, yeah, you're done. You're, you're, you are not going to be able to recover from all those you're mistakes. You're kicking it out of bounds. What is that? You know, I mean, just... Yeah, it's not good. No, it's it was it was not good top to bottom. And again, I don't know how, who you hold responsible, but to me, it starts at the top and it's a trickle-down effect. You can't fire Lafleur, but he's got to hold his special teams coach, go into a closed-door meeting and say, dude, what are we doing? Yeah, And what are you doing well, to fix have, this? They'll have a new one next year. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. From all the stuff that I read, it was talking about Lafleur and how loyal he is well, to his assistant coaches. That guy better hope that they don't, kick it out of bounds when they're playing Tom Brady or something and and he gets the ball at the 40 with two minutes left down four. You know what I mean? And like that's, that, that, that's what costs you your job. Do you need to wait until something like that to happen before you pull the trigger or can you be a little bit more, uh, per, you know? Well, of course you can be more proactive. Yes. But if you're a loyal guy to a fault, we, we see this with the Badgers. I mean, Paul Christ has got guys up there coaching for him that haven't been any good in five years. So... All right, uh, talk about the Bears and and uh, do I have to the, and those <laughs> that kind of a clown show that that is happening down there uh, well, this week? Yeah, I mean, um, they got they got they need they should bench Allen Robinson for the rest of the year. I'd put him on IR and just you're done. Um, he doesn't want to be there. It's obvious. He knows he's not going to be there if and when this team's ever any good. I mean, there was a play in the game that has been widely shared on social media where uh, Fields, I think it was in the first half, Fields scrambled to his left and got out, broke out, and was going to try to make a run down the sideline. And the only thing really between him and a monster gain was the guy that was uh, blocking Allen Robinson. And Fields kind of pointed at Robinson like to get go, the go guy. Get him. And Robinson just jogged out of bounds. What? 
I haven't and seen ju- that and play. Fields just was kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm just only going to get the first then. Instead of trying to get 40 yards, he got 12. But it's just kind of indicative of, you know, they got some they got some dudes there that have checked out, and you know, I have to imagine they've checked out because of the coaching staff, and um, Matt Nagy is he's awful. I mean, I was thought like everything, oh, every man. decision he makes is a Munson. It's a it's a Munson. It's a Roy Munson. He is Roy Munson. Like everything <laughs> the guy touches turns to shit. He's one in seven versus the Packers in his career. Um, fourth and inches down 11, 13 minutes left on the forty yard line, and you punt. Punt. You're four and fucking eight. That and that's, what are you doing? You're playing he, your rival. The only thing you you have the opportunity to take out of this season is possibly beating the Packers at Lambeau. If if you're going by what Lovey Smith said and you are having the season that you're having, that is a feather in your cap. Yeah, and and I think most Bear fans would tell you, yeah, our team sucks, but ah, we got the Packers once. That's cool, right? You know, I mean, you're um, not going to hang your hat on it, but that's okay. You know, beat your rival. Devontae Adams was pretty quiet in the first half. In the second half, he went nuts. And Matt Nagy was asked after the game, what what was different? What did the Packers do differently to free him up? And Nagy's answer was they didn't do anything differently. <laughs> they asked Jalen Johnson, who was covering Devontae Adams a good portion of the night, the same question. And he came down with a list while well, they were running some of this. They were running some crossing patterns. They were doing this. They had a couple picks. The complete opposite answer of his coach. So I think I have to believe the guy out there, right? Who's, I have to believe the player. People, yes. Like, so this isn't what I'm used to. Are you just did did you just tell on yourself again and, and show us that you don't know anything about football? Showing your like, ass. How yep. how do you have this job? Yeah. Um there was another player, I can't remember who it was, that was talking about how impressed he was about how Lafleur and Rodgers and how well they work together and how quickly they can adjust. Well, there's another indictment on your coach. This is interesting. I just happened to look back at this. This is really funny. So just to tell you the shitness, the shit show, the debacle that is the Bears. Okay, in 1992, at the end of the 92 season, they fired Ditka. Okay. 29 football seasons, including this year, since. They've made the playoffs seven times. Seven. Seven out of 29. Okay. So every four years, they make the playoffs. They've only won a playoff game in two of those. One of them, they beat the Vikings in a wild card 10 to 7. Okay. Since they fired Ditka, one, two, three, four, five. Nagy is the sixth coach they've had. They're going to have a seventh, and they have had exactly one winning season since they fired Lovey Smith. Now, I'm not telling you Lovey Smith is Vince Lombardi or George Hallis, but they fired him in 2012. They've had one winning season, and it was the first Nagy season since then. Um, they're a debacle. I mean, there was a story today in the Chicago Tribune that Ted Phillips 
who basically has been making all of the football decisions at the top of the food chain for them, is now talking about, well, maybe I need to step away. You think? I don't know how he survived this, that whole Because he's married to a McCaskey. Well, that's fine. That's why. But, that, but that's why. There, there's your loyalty and how it comes back to bite you in that situation. He's either married to a McCaskey or his grandma is Virginia McCaskey, something like that. But he's, it's, it's nepotism. That's why he's there. You're, you're... Stuff that you just brought up, that's not only an indictment on the coach, it's an indictment on the GMs, and it's, it's also an indictment, an indictment on the ownership. The, yes. It's indictment on the front office Yes, at the end of the day. They're picking the people that are picking the players and that are coaching the players, and they've all been bad except for Lovey, who had a nice little run when they made the Super Bowl. They were good for three years or so. Uh, but other than that, this franchise has not been a lot better than the Lions. It really hasn't. I mean, Cordero Patterson was on the Bears for like three years. He played 32 games for the Bears. Scored one touchdown in those 32 games. In 12 games with the Falcons this year, he's got 10 touchdowns. Somebody knows how to use him a little bit better. Matt Nagy's... Because he's all of a sudden not gotten good. The Bears passing offense under Matt Nagy has been last in the NFL for the last couple years. It averages like 174 yards a game. That's less yards a game than the Bears passing offense in 1960 with Sid Luckman. (laughs) They passed for 185. That's how bad this is. I... See, there's a point where I feel bad. Well, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. I do. I just think it's ridiculous. Because I know a lot of my my sports friends who like the Bears are frustrated, and I don't like to see my friends frustrated. I like to beat the opponents when they're good. No, I like. Well, I like to just beat your team, whoever my friends' well, teams are. I like to beat fine. their teams. I mean, but, it's so cool. I get it when they all want to talk shit to me. I get see, it. See, but I don't do but that. But I don't get mad about it because I don't care that much. I'm, you know, Bears are like my fifth favorite team of all my sports teams but it's a joke it's bad they're embarrassed they embarrass themselves yeah i mean this is you know up until like 25 years ago this was like the winningest franchises in nfl history you know they had such a they were so far ahead of the packers in the rivalry i saw the graphic that nbc put up almost even now now it's flipped and green bay's ahead by or yeah they're ahead by eight eight to ten games or something i mean that's that's recent yeah, you know, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 tough. Nagy's getting fired. Pace is getting fired. Um, the Bears are just dragging this out uh, till I mean, the end of the season. What's the point right now? You know. Well, I did read something that there was a rule change now where, like, if you fire a coach in season, like something about you could start talking to other teams' coaches, like with two weeks left in the year, okay, something like that. Um, but I, I. I think the Bears are just going to drag their feet because that's just kind of what they do. They're not a proactive franchise. And um, I shudder to think who they hire next. <laughs> that's that's kind of where, where I'm at. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, week 14 results. We had Thursday night football. The uh, the Vikings beat the Steelers. It was, a, it was a good game. Big Ben threw a pick right at the end. Or no, it was incomplete. He had... He had his tight end, a guy who whose name I can't Friar pronounce. Moose, I think. Yes. Yeah. Penn State. In between two guys, it was a great pass. The dude had it, and then the Vikings, both guys hit him right at the end and knocked the ball loose. Well, they would have had an extra play if, if right. Claypool wasn't posing. 
with the clock running because he got a first down on like the thirty. It's like cool, dude. Move, <laughs> move your ass. Uh, I watched a lot of the Cleveland and Baltimore game. That was back and forth, and it came down right to the end. And uh, Baltimore was driving, and no Lamar Jackson. Instead, it was Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Nope. Uh, both those teams stink. I don't really care what their record is. They're no good. Okay. Packers well, are going to stop Baltimore. How about Cleveland? Yeah. Play them, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tennessee shut out Jacksonville 20 to nothing. Speaking of stink. What do you think? What do you make of all this Urban Meyer stuff that's come out now this week again? It just seems like whenever the news comes out about Urban Meyer, it's always bad. So he allegedly. Stuff just just follows him. Allegedly, like, nobody likes him. And there's, like, basically a, like, almost like a coaching mutiny. He called somebody a loser. The kicker now comes out and says that he kicked him in warm-ups or something like that. (laughs) I, I don't know. Well, and, and I, I don't know if you saw it, but so they play Tennessee. Vra- Mike Vrabel coaches yeah. Tennessee. Vrabel was on Urban Meyer's staff saw the at handshake. Ohio State, and Urban Meyer gave him the old brush-by handshake yep. after the game. Out. It kind of got me thinking, like, it's these college guys, right? It's these it's these college guys. With the big egos. and Spurrier and Saban when he was with, with the Dolphins, like, these guys' egos are so inflated, and they're just never held accountable in college. It just unless they unless they break an actual law or they pay somebody, they really never are held accountable for anything. And I just feel like they get to the NFL, and then they are held accountable, and they're looking around, going, "Who can I? What, pin are, you, this what on? are you? What are you doing? What are you right. talking about? Why are you guys picking on me? Like I don't understand. This. Stops with you, man. Like this I don't. Is, I don't get it. This is how this works. You know? Yeah. It just seems like there's this level of disconnect with these guys where Urban Meyer is looking around like, I can't believe that anybody would talk out of school. It's like, dude, this is pro sports. You know, you can't. The the reason why your college coaches don't do that is because you can squash them. Right. You can't squash these guys. Not where not where you are. Belichick could squash a guy, of course, because he's the coach and the GM. Mike Tomlin might be able to squash a guy. They've got Super Bowl rings. You ain't done shit. You're the new guy. Some of these players have been here for years. Yeah. Whether they're good or not, it doesn't matter. They're going to outlast you probably at this point, it seems. Although the the owner, I, does this guy know what he's doing? Well, probably Shad not. Khan, probably not. He, he just hires people that tell him they know what they're doing. Because it doesn't well, seem, I don't know. I it's mean, another do, one of these franchises. Do any of these owners really know what they're doing? I mean, they're just hiring people and Jerry hoping Jones. that they know what. Well, Jerry Jones don't know what he's doing. How's that? How many fucking playoff wins have the Cowboys had this century? Not this century, not you no. know. I uh-uh. mean, he knows what he's doing and how to make money. <laughs> you know, yeah. But put a winning product, successful product, out on the field. I, it certainly seems hard. Got these guys on about one hand. Uh, are the Chiefs good or the Raiders bad or both? Well, I think the Chiefs have gotten better. Okay. I think that defense is a lot better. You know, the offense we'll see. Um, it's kind of been hit and miss. Man, that Raider team, they've just been through so much. They've been through a lot this year. Seems like they're done. They just checked out. Well, it's just, they got to just be, like, mentally exhausted. That's what I mean. You know? 48-9, that was the score of that one. Uh, didn't watch or hear anything about the Saints and the Jets. So I, I caught a little bit of this on Red Zone. Dude, if I was a Jets fan, I'd be really concerned about Zach Wilson. Like, there were a couple of times that he had, like, these little 
these little six-yard checkdowns, and he's just throwing them at – he's just missing guys. And I don't know who the announcer was, but he's like, you have to make these layups. Like, these are just – Sounds like Graham Mertz. These are just, like, remedial throw. Yeah. Well, it's not like he can't do it. He's, he did it in college. But I don't know, man. Gun like shy or, like, what's – all right. It's like the Jets stink. I don't know, it but affects people. Boy, oh boy, he's not doing well. Dallas held off Washington. Dak threw one of the worst picks in the fourth quarter of that game I've ever seen. I mean, he threw it right to the dude and he ran it in for a touchdown. I don't know what the hell he was looking at. I'd Terrible. Lo- I'd love to be in the film room on that stuff. Like like when you watch that and like McCarthy just sits back and he just says, Talk to me. What were you thinking what what did you see what were you looking at i just I, you know i would want to be a fly on the wall in that situation well i'll tell you what man okay. dak has been really pretty shitty three of the last four weeks um he wasn't very good the other day one touchdown two picks the week before against the saints you know 230 yards and one touchdown um and then um you know four weeks ago against kansas city 200 yards two touch two Picks no touchdowns, and he's not running the ball. Is he your fantasy quarterback? Yes. Is. is that why? You're- well, he is, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, he's not running the ball at all. And I, I gotta figure that, you know, between the the ankle injury last year, and then he's had some some lower body injuries this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta believe that that's why he's not running. But it seems like he's one of these guys that he's a lot better when he's able to move around. You know, you ask these guys to drop back 40, 50 times. That's not what, you know, not everybody's Rodgers right. and, and Brady and these guys. Like, some of them need to get out of the pocket. They need to do some running, you know. And uh, I don't know. Dallas, I'm not buying them. Okay. That that division is bad. Although, yes, that's true. Um, Cam Newton got benched. Falcons beat the Panthers 29-21. Carolina's gone through a lot of quarterbacks this year. That was a bad game. Yeah. But somehow, Too bad teams. those teams are still alive. Still alive. Yep. Uh, Seattle oh, by 20 over Houston. Boy, Houston I mean, is Houston's rotten. As, yes. If you're getting blown out by the Seahawks, because they're not very good either. That's a, that's a good get-right game for Seattle. Um, Denver, Speaking of that. Denver pounded the Lions by, yep, no by winning, 20. No winning streak for the Lions. No, the, and, and Broncos probably pretty inspired with the Demarius Thomas stuff. And they got you pounded know. the week before by, yes. by KC, so they needed this one. Um, Chargers a good bounce back. They beat the Giants. Yep. And then a couple of OT games in the afternoon. Um, San Francisco beat the Bengals. I didn't catch the end of that, but I did catch the end of the Buccaneers and the Bills um, when they scored a touchdown. Yeah, the Bengals were down, and they came back and tied it. Robbie Good as gold missed uh, like a forty-five yarder at, at the end of regulation, which was kind of shocking because usually he bangs those through. But um, yeah, and then Cincinnati gets the ball, goes down, kicks a field goal. Forty Nine ers come down, score a touchdown, and then the same thing happened. Um, I think in the Tampa game, right? Didn't did no Buffalo scored a, or they got a field goal field late? Goal. Yes, and then the Tampa scored a touchdown, but. I don't know, man. Buffalo is taking a lot of heat right now. They've, they've lost a few in a row. They're only seven and six, but I don't know. I still think that team's pretty good. You got what four games left? Yeah, I, that's one of those teams where it's like they just kind of need to get in, mm-hmm. get in the tournament, and see what happens. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to play them if I'm anybody else. Yeah, 
just just because you know what they're I mean they can't run of. the ball at all I think that I what I hear the other day they didn't run the ball in the first half yeah other than Josh Allen all passes so that's a little worrisome but and then the Rams beat the uh, Cardinals on Monday night I don't think I watched much of that I did because uh, I needed my guy Van Jefferson to score some points for me and he didn't come through but um <laughs> yeah the Rams looked really good Arizona sounds like they've lost DeAndre Hopkins for the year yep um Possibly back for the playoffs oh, with a okay. knee a knee injury of some kind, but that's huge. I think that um, <clears throat> I think there's a very good chance the Rams end up winning that division now. Yeah, I would probably say that's yeah. true with Arizona. Yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, all right, Week 15 starts tomorrow on Thursday with uh, with another good one. Um, Chiefs and the Chargers. We'll see how hot KC is when they got to go to LA. That's a big game, man. That's it's a really big game for the Chargers. I mean, if they could sweep them this year, that'd be pretty impressive. I didn't know we were already on to the last couple of weeks where, yeah. we, where, where we're playing Saturday games, and there's a couple of them. Here's a stink bomb. The Raiders and the Browns in Cleveland. No Baker Mayfield, probably, and no Kevin Stefanski, uh, probably as well. Well, I think Case Keenum in for Baker Mayfield is probably better for Cleveland right now, Okay, honestly. Um, but this is kind of a loser leaves town match. Like whoever loses this game's done. Uh, Patriots and the Colts. That should that should be okay. Yeah, on, I mean, big, big big game ten years ago. You know, <laughs> Brady, Brady Manning. Manning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Buffalo and Carolina. That's that should be this should be one for the Bills. That's if, one they got to get. If they lose this one, they yeah. are in They're trouble in, for sure at five hundred. Um, Arizona should have a good bounce back. Uh, th- that that should be a good one uh, for them to win in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Jets and the Dolphins. Dolphins might keep that win streak going. Be this would be six in a row. Bears gonna lose his mind. And then Dallas and the Giants. Boy, the Giants are bad. Is there anybody that's like past? Like, what's the top tier? How many teams? in the league. Cuz it seems like we say we we look at the teams, even the mediocre ones are bad. Yeah, I think that this is not like five or six teams that are any good. This has not been a very good NFL year. It really hasn't. I mean, you know, the NFC's really top heavy, like the top 4 or 5 teams are good. I don't know who's good in the AFC. I really don't. No, I'm looking at the teams right now in the playoff picture and I can maybe identify one or two. Yeah. You know, that's about it. All right. Um, another NFC. Well, the NFC East is playing each other mm-hmm. uh, this weekend with uh, the Skins and the uh, and the Eagles. Here's another loser leaves town. I mean, I think both these teams are six and seven. So I would not something's got to give. Would not want to watch that game. Uh, Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Must win for Pittsburgh. Must win. Is this the worst game of the season? Yeah. Part two. Yeah. No, this is the worst game. Jacksonville and Houston. This is worse than week one because now, now it's now it's not Trevor Lawrence versus Tyrod Taylor. It's Trevor Lawrence versus Davis Mills. Man, is anybody at these Jaguars games? I mean, honestly. I that, that, Those are the games that back in the day would get blacked out in their own home area. If you had to watch a mid-to-low-level bowl game or this, which would you pick? Um, I would rather ha- be kicked in the balls by those Chinese guys in that video I showed you on Twitter. 
rather than subject yourself yeah. to any of that football. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Broncos hosting the Bengals. I don't know how the hell Denver's still in the playoff mix, but they're they're in the thick of it. I mean, they're over five hundred. This is a pretty this is a pretty big game, honestly. I mean, Cincinnati and Denver are both seven. Yeah, six. this is a big one. Um, Falcons and the Niners. Man, that's a long way to travel for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and coming that, off of what they played Carolina last yep. week, so I I like the Niners, man. I feel like that team might be uh, hitting their stride a little bit here. Seahawks and the Rams. Yeah, mm, okay. I mean. Good opportunity for the Rams to keep pace with with the Cardinals. Packers and the Ravens got I, got flexed to three twenty five. Yeah, Lamar or not, I think this is an easy win for the Packers. I, I just I don't know. He just seems like one of those dudes that I, you know what. And and as much problem as Joe Barry's defense was in the first half, they figured it out in the second half. So I'm trying to talk myself into the fact that if they look suspect and look look basically look like shit in the first half. I got to give him at least until halftime. Lamar's got Lamar's going to turn it over though. Yeah, I mean, and if Hundley plays, he's definitely going to turn it over. Mm-hmm. So I, I just you know, I, you you also just wonder when this Green Bay offensive line can keep holding off all these injuries because the right tackle Billy Turner went out. They have one guy on the offensive line that started the season on the offensive well, line. That's sh- it. There's one guy left. They should get Bakhtiari back. When? You would think here soon. You know, LaFleur keeps getting asked about it, and they say we can't put a timeline on it, we're not going to rush this, and we're not going to do that. I mean, they've got him on the roster. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, But I don't know how good Baltimore's pass rush is. Maybe this is a game that they can can keep, you know, they keep keep guys off of Rodgers, and I don't know how they do it. Well, Rodgers is a big part of that, too. I mean, his ability to... Escape, escape danger, and, yes. And, and, you know, he never – he doesn't take a lot of big hits. No. Uh, Tampa hosting New Orleans on Sunday night. Well, Tampa – Brady – this is the team Brady has struggled with since he's been in Tampa. You know, Tampa got him the first time down there – or uh, New Orleans got him the first time down in New Orleans earlier in the year. So, um, if if Tampa has any hopes of getting that number one seed, they got to win this game. And then Monday night, an NFC North battle between the Bears and the Vikings. I know how you love these night games and late afternoon games. Um, I, I, the only reason I like them right now is it's, it's. I think it's good for Fields to be in these kind national of national audience. Yeah, type of well, stuff. you know, I think it's good learning experience for him. But he's got a fumbling problem. He's got to hang out of the ball. He fumbles it too much. And I know the strip sack that that kind of changed the game there in the early in the second half. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really his fault. I mean, Tevin Jenkins, who it was his first game back off of back surgery, he was a disaster. Um, but, yeah, I surprisingly, Nagy has a good record against Minnesota. But, mm-hmm. but here's another. I mean, Minnesota, you have to win this game if you're the Vikings. Well, it'll make, uh, it'll make life in my house a lot more enjoyable if the Bears can win. If the Bears can win. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you can rub it in Wifey's face Heck a little yeah. bit? yeah. All right. Absolutely. Okay. All right. 100%. All right. Playoff picture. You must have a comfy couch. Large sectional <laughs> for a large human being. That's right. Uh, AFC playoff picture. Go ahead. All right. Your division leaders. New England, 9-4. and four. Tennessee, 9-4. and four. KC, 9-4. and four. Pats have the tiebreaker, best conference record. And Baltimore at 8-5. and five. Those are your four. Division leaders, 
Chargers eight and five, top wild card. Indy and Buffalo are at seven and six. Those two teams are in with the tiebreaker. Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver are also all seven and six. Pittsburgh is six, six, and one. Vegas and Miami are six and seven. So right now, Man. Jacksonville, Houston, and the Jets are eliminated in the AFC. Everybody else technically still alive with four games to go. NFC division leaders in order: Packers ten and three, Tampa ten and three, Cardinals ten and three, Dallas nine and four. Rams your top wild card at nine and four. Niners are seven and six. Washington comes in at six and seven for the seven seed, but they are they have the tiebreaker over Minnesota, Philly, Atlanta, and New Orleans, who are also six and seven. Carolina, Seattle, five and eight. Giants, Bears, four and nine, still technically alive. The only team in the NFC eliminated is the Lions. I mean, you gotta give Dan Campbell another year in Detroit, don't you? If if you wind up having a one win a one win and one tie season, well, it's people seem to really like him, and he seems to be very respected. I don't know how many years that gets you, but I have to think it gets you more than one. Well, you're going to get the number one pick. Yes, this is not a strong quarterback draft. I believe you still owe Goff a ton of money, and I believe he's under contract for at least another year or two. I think if you're going to draft a quarterback, which seems like they probably will because they'll reach because it's the Lions and they're desperate, I don't think you bring him back because I'm not sure I would want him to be the guy to In coach my, that. My, sure. my young quarterback. Yep. But if you're like, look, there's nobody that stands out. The next year's class is going to be better. Let's just – we we already got Goff. Let's just do one more year of Goff. Yeah, maybe you keep him around. I think you – but, you know, as somebody who's watched this with Nagy yes. and these young quarterbacks, you know, it's, you gotta, it's not an easy thing to find that marriage, right? you know, for these young guys to grow I with. just wonder whether, and, and I'm already looking draft because I saw my first top ten picks and mock draft, and Aiden Hutchinson is up there from Michigan, and he'd be a stay-at-home dude if the Lions took him, obviously. But um, I just wonder if you're not going to take a quarterback – and there's not it. It's not a strong quarterback class for teams to want to, you know, be thirsting for one of those top two, top three spots. Is anybody even interested in that number one pick that is going to give you a boatload of stuff, or do you just kind of roll with what's there and hope you improve your team? Well, the thing about it is, like this was supposed to be a really good quarterback draft, the one we just had, right? And Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Trey Lance and Justin Fields haven't exactly mm. set the world on fire. Nope. So that's the thing. If you're the Lions, do you say, okay, well, it's not a super high-graded draft, but that doesn't mean we can't draft a star. Yeah. Well, who knows? But it just boils down to, is Dan Campbell Campbell the right guy to coach a young quarterback? I'm not sure. Mm. Seems like a good guy you'd want on your staff. For sure. Yes, and in charge yeah. of a position group or you something. Know, very, or, very intense. Very, you yeah, know, motivating. Lives it. Yes. Um, but a, a head coach. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Not everybody's cut out for that. All right, college football. Uh, anything else with the NFL no. before we move on? No, I'm good, good with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, bowl season starts on Friday. Wow. I don't know how many games there are on Friday. I think there was one day in mid to late. In, in late December, I think there are like six games on in one day. And I want to say it might be the 30th. 
maybe I can't I can't remember. But there's there's wall to wall games. I'm doing my two dollar pick 'em pool. Um, I I'm excited because it means there's virtually starting on Friday. There's one game of football uh, every day of the week, which I, it doesn't matter whether it's it's good or bad or not. It's just football for me, and this is kind of like. You just soak this all up until the end of the college football season and then the NFL playoffs and then you're done. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of the last blast. Yeah, I get it. I have no interest no, in I, any of these games. That's fine. Because they're usually not very good. Nope. But um, what about, uh, so they had the Heisman this past yep. weekend. And the kid from Alabama, Bryce, uh, Young. Bryce Young, won the won the Heisman. He's been taking a little bit of grief. Okay. And rightfully so, in my opinion. I watched his speech, okay. and he was talking about how he's always had to prove the doubters wrong, and he was always overlooked, and he was told he couldn't be a quarterback, and he wasn't good enough to play at Alabama and all the stuff that a guy says. He was the number one rated quarterback in high school football when he came out of Mater D, which is an absolute Absolutely football factory. powerhouse. What the hell are you talking about, dude? You got recruited to Alabama. You were a Heisman. You were the Heisman front runner this year. You hadn't even played a game yet. What the hell? Like this is like one of those things that just it doesn't even matter, but it just pisses me off. And this, I guess, it's old man me now. But I look at these guys that are like in their early twenties and these kids that are in high school and stuff, and like, what? Like, do they think everybody is just a retarded idiot? Like, I don't understand. Like, do you think I don't have a phone I that I can't look this up? I can't use that for the title, even though I want to. Like, you're the most, <laughs> like, that that generation of people has the most information at their fingertips of any generation in human history, but, right. yet, but yet they're always saying stuff like that that's not true. Like, oh, guys, just oh, so much adversity, and, you know, I just, no, nobody believed in me. It's like, <laughs> you were getting recruited by Alabama when you were 14. Right. Tell me exactly why it's, yeah. Yep, no, I understand. I don't, it just drives me nuts. You know, like, okay, like even we've talked about it with Aaron Rodgers. It's like, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers got this chip on his shoulder because, you know, all these teams passed on him. You went 22, 24, whatever it was. You didn't go 312. You're a first rounder. Yeah. Like, relax, pal. I get it. Okay, it fueled your fire your first couple years. You're 37, 8 years old. You're 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 on the down slope. You know, same thing with Brady. It's like, well, you know, he was a six round pick. He's been in the league for twenty five years. I don't care. Nobody should, least of all him. Exactly. It's going to be a good. Guy's been to ten Super Bowls. Good story when you talk about his legacy and where it started and how it ended. Great. It's part of the part of the saga. I get it. Yeah, but stop lying to me, people. Come on. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. I'm pretty dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Uh, national uh, early signing period today. I just saw that the Badgers picked up. I don't know. They they got all of their guys that they were targeting. Um, they got now five out of the top ten in-state guys because the Sun Prairie defensive lineman Isaac Ham announced at uh, 6 o'clock, because it's just after 6.30, he's coming to Wisconsin between uh, the Badgers and Ohio State. There's another dude from St. Croix Central. Um, he, I checked his Twitter uh, he's an interior offensive lineman. He was going to make, he said way back in September, he had narrowed it down and he had hoped to make a decision in October. Still no indication of where and when he's going to make his decision. Mm. Um, 
What so, position does the kid from Sun Prairie play? D line. And he went and he chose Wisconsin over Ohio State. Yep. Huh, interesting. Yep. And apparently this dude from St. Croix Central has Wisconsin and Ohio State as his top two as well. So um looks like a couple of four star in state guys. It looks like that's it. A lot of interior a lot of offensive linemen. You got the quarterback from uh from Franklin that all you know, people like John Barry want to see light Camp Randall on fire and shove Mertz out of town, which is hilarious, and I get it, even though that's not gonna happen. Um, but you know, same old story for the Badgers. A lot of three-star guys, you know, that coach them up. We're gonna we're gonna coach them up exactly. Yeah. You know, a lot of that stuff, and a lot of the big, bulky offensive linemen that Wisconsin. You know, we just reload that stuff. You know, just just restock. So wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be nice though if all of a sudden they were like, dude, we got a five-star wide receiver? That would be. Wouldn't nice. you just be like, holy shit, a guy that can maybe get open? They or we? Oh, hey, guess what? We just got the top-rated corner in Florida. Right. You'd be like, what? Yeah, he's 6'3 and can <laughs> yeah. fly. Yeah. Oh, you mean he can guard one of these Ohio State or Michigan receivers? Right. Fantastic. Um, no, they did get their first guy to sign at 6'30, which they still fax these letters in, which is hilarious. A 6'5 white receiver from Michigan. Yeah, okay. Well, Three-star. Three yeah. But 6'5". That's big. I like that. you got to be able to get open, though. I don't know what the deal is with the Wanakee coaches and Madison because they're two guys that are were top-rated in the top ten. One went to Iowa, and another, I think, went to Iowa State. Hmm. And they both, I believe, were both offered from Wisconsin. Hmm, interesting. And I, I didn't know exactly, so I don't know whether that dude has something against the program or any influence or whatever. But, hmm. uh, again, I said it this morning, none of this means anything. No, of course not. For a couple of years, but it's always nice. And I, I saw that somebody had posted the the rankings, the recruiting rankings, because there's a grading system for all this. And they posted it um, today in the middle of the recruiting, and it was so hilarious about how the Big Ten West, which is the little, you know, they're, they're at the kids' table mm-hmm. against the Big Ten East, and that's exactly how the rankings lined up. Yeah. Everybody from the East is in the top half wow, of the, the rankings. Badgers are second to last. Right. Wow. You're getting Even out, Rutgers! You're, you're getting out-recruited by Rutgers and Northwestern, Paul Chris. That's that's not good. <laughs> but we're fine with our in-state guys. Yeah. You know, which is a lot more than I can say what Gary Anderson did. But anyway, um, so yeah. All right, that's all college football. All right, let's go to the Bucks. They just came back from a four-game road trip. Um, they split, and they're playing the Pacers tonight. They've gotten the first two games of the season against them. I think I saw this morning uh, average winning margin in both those games has been by about 14 points. But nobody's playing for them tonight that we care to talk about. Yeah. Um, Bucks are 18-11. and 11. Tied for second in the East with uh, the Bulls, uh, two and a half games behind Brooklyn. Um, and, yeah, like you said, they lost at Miami by nine. They lost at Boston by 14 the other day when Jason Tatum went ballistic. Yeah. Middleton left the game with a hyperextended knee. I didn't see that. How did it look? Uh, I mean, not like Giannis's. That's what I was going mean, to ask. No, it was somebody just kind of fell into him, and okay. you could see it kind of got pushed back a little bit. But they did. Uh, break Houston's winning streak. Uh, they beat them by nine on the road, and then they took care of the Knicks Sunday uh, afternoon as well by 15. Um, yeah, Indy tonight, they are at New Orleans on Friday, home for Cleveland on Saturday, and then they got like three days off, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. That I believe that's probably something that they're doing, I would guess, maybe because they're making them play on Christmas. In advance of Christmas, sure. Um, 
But yeah, uh, tonight is going to be kind of a skeleton crew. Giannis DiVincenzo, who was supposed to make his return tonight oh. off of the injury list. Oh, Giannis DiVincenzo and Wes Matthews are in COVID protocols. Cousins is out for personal, for reasons. personal reasons. Lopez has obviously had the back surgery, and Ojale has been out pretty much the whole year with a leg problem. So six guys out for sure. Not sure what Middleton's status is, whether he's playing or not. Um but man, that's a that's a tough little run. Tough for Dante, unfortunately. Yeah. Um hopefully long road back. Yeah, hopefully this is this is just a pretty quick little sit out for him. Maybe he's back by Friday or Saturday, depending on I mean, all these guys are vaccinated, so I think it's like if you can pass a test or two twice in twenty four hours. You whatever. can play. Um a little interesting they signed Wes Matthews and everybody gets COVID. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. Come on, Wes. Like what the hell's that all about? <laughs> Um, but that, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty much all for the Bucks. I mean, they're kind of, you know, everybody in the organization, I believe yesterday got their rings. That was, oh. that was a big deal over there. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of Pashke and, and Marcus and a lot of people had put their stuff on social media. So that was pretty cool to see, but yeah, I mean, Bucks, you know, we're kind of in that, um, we're getting into the dog days here now from basically late December into February is kind of your middle of the season. This is the meat grinder. Um, you're just trying to keep people healthy, keep a keep a good uh, flow, keep getting better as a team, as Giannis would say, and you know hopefully stay at the top of the standings. So, all right, around the league, I saw that uh, Steph Curry broke Ray Allen's three point record. How many years? Because the the next question was, how long is that going to stand? How long is Curry going to have the record? Oh, I think he's going to have for a very long. That's time. That's what I thought. Yeah. And like I well, don't because he's I, not I done. He's gonna he's probably gonna play at least another half dozen, five five six years. Yeah. And I mean, as a three point shooter, that's a long he's, life. He's gonna be able to do that right? for a yeah. long time. Yeah. So like like the fact that somebody and I don't know what you know what ESPN, Yahoo Sports, whatever. I don't know. I don't remember what organization asked that immediate question. I was just like, you're already talking about somebody breaking it. Well, I don't. Is somebody he, close? He's at, he's at 2,970 or something now with breaking mm-hmm. the record. I would bet he probably gets to 4,000. Oh, my God. He's the only guy to ever make 400 in a season, and he's only done it once. So, like, Trey Young, who is, like, a pretty good young three-point shooter, like, the most he's ever made is, like, 205. So it's going to be a really – it would be a really, really hard record to break. But I feel a little, I feel a little guilty about this because – Ray Allen? No, because I, I, I guess I'm in a little bah humbug with the whole celebration with of of this this record breaking thing. Like the ESPN NBA propaganda machine has been in full force for this. I mean, oh, Steph is one of their boys. He's one of their boys. Him and LeBron. I mean, him, LeBron, and then Kevin Durant. Like that's that's who they constantly want to push. And I, I, I mean, it's cool. I mean, and I, I'm not a Steph Curry hater. I, I like Steph Curry. I, I think he's very fortunate that he uh, is playing in this generation that's a lot um, less physical, and all some of the antics that he does when he makes these shots, the the dancing around on the court, uh, he would have got away with that once back in the era when <laughs> when his when his dad played and Charles Oakley or somebody would or Anthony Mason would clotheslined him. But like, this is the third time I've seen this record broken. So like, how special is it? I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I saw Reggie Miller break the record. I don't even know who was he broke. 
Then I saw Ray Allen break Reggie Miller's record 10 years ago, and now I'm seeing Steph Curry break Ray Allen's record. It's like, well, if Bonds broke the home run record, and then A-Rod broke the home run record, and then Pujols broke the home run record, maybe it's not that great of a record. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and also, like, you know, you broke a record that, you know, the NBA's been around for 75 years. You broke a record that's really only mattered for 20. Right. You know what I'm saying? Since like the, Since the institution The majority of that, in yes. the history of the NBA has that not been exist. worried about right. threes. Yep. You're the greatest shooter ever. No one's really disputing that. Um, I don't know. I just, and I think man, part of it, part of it I think that bugged me was like, this record doesn't make that big of a difference. I didn't know what the number was. It's not like 3,000 hits or something. Right. There's no but, benchmark that you get to. I, I guess it's my fear of like, what the fuck are they going to do when LeBron breaks Kareem's scoring record? Like, are they going to shut down the East East Coast and have a freaking parade the length of the continental U.S. for this dude? Like, seriously, like, <laughs> I, 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 I shudder to think what the hell they are, oh the media God. is going to do with that. And, and it's another record. It's like, it's a cool record. Um, I have no idea how many points Kareem has. It's like thirty-seven or eight thousand something or other. Um, but nobody knows what the number is because it doesn't matter. Basketball is not a sport of compiling; it's more of a sport well, of average. Is it also but, just too big and too random? Like you, you pass a certain plateau. Like three thousand hits is a plateau. That's what you need to reach. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it, what? What's the points number? Where if you have that many, then you're like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, Steph rarefied Cur- air. The this three point record will be more impressive when he's re- when Curry's retired, because he's gonna have a thousand more than Ray Allen. Right. You know, and that's where you're gonna be like, holy shit! Like he didn't just break the record; he destroyed the record. Um, you know, LeBron breaking Kareem's record is is a. a testament to his longevity and durability and how great of a player he is. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not like a 3000 hit 500 home run, 300 win benchmark milestone, but that's not what you're going to be told in about two years when he breaks that record. So can't wait for that. I know. I know. Can't wait. My LeBron hatred really will be out in full force. I love it. But this was interesting. One of the things that came up with this was, um, because you know we have to we have to compare things we have to argue about it. Is Steph Curry the face of this generation of basketball, or is LeBron? So of course you know the LeBronophobes or the LeBronites, I should say, they came out of the woodwork to defend their boy. Because anytime anybody says anything that doesn't portray LeBron as the goat, they get mad about it. It's an interesting discussion though, because LeBron is the best player, but. LeBron hasn't really changed the game. LeBron's biggest fingerprint on the game of basketball is really super teams. The off-court stuff, the the putting to the the basically general managing my own team. That's LeBron's biggest fingerprint on basketball in my opinion. Where Curry's is three-pointers. It's on the court. So I think he's been more emulated by kids than LeBron James. I think that, you know, we we see it all the time with the amount of three-pointers that are shot now. Now, that's yeah. not just because of him. Analytics no. plays a part in that. Right, but you wouldn't be you wouldn't be a big you wouldn't be doing it 
all the time if it wasn't done at some of the different levels. Yeah. You know, it's it's a trickle-down. If you see them doing it well, I mean, you know, the some colleges are now living and dying by it as well, and it's come down to high school because once the kids now see that, when they get in these clinics and are shooting out in the driveway, they're shooting it from as far as away from the hoop as they right. can. And, and this isn't even a hatred of LeBron from me, but, like, he hasn't brought anything to the game within the confines of the court that hasn't been seen. I mean, you know, dunking, passing, shooting. Like We've all seen that. He does it better than most. And that's why he's That's why revered. he's great. Yes. But there's nothing fresh about it. Right. Where the Steph Curry with the three-pointers, there's there was a there was a newness and a novelty to it, and now everybody does it that way. Um, and it got me kind of thinking, like, you know, some of the other – people in sports that that have really changed the sport. Um, you know how much I like to make lists. I mean, <laughs> you know, Wilt with basketball, they, they widened the lane because of Wilt um, because the lane used to be very narrow compared to what it is now. It was about half the size. Well, they widened it so they could call three seconds on Will and push him farther away from the the basket because if he was so close, nobody could stop him. Um, Kareem, they outlawed dunking in college because of Kareem because he couldn't. He just dunked everything. (laughs) Um, You know, Dr. J was kind of the first modern flyer in basketball. Um, You know, Magic and Bird with they they made passing cool. Nobody, Nobody gave a shit about passing. It was all about scoring and and big guys and getting the ball and scoring from two feet away. They kind of made passing cool. You know, Jordan, of course, nobody ever played above the rim that like he had in the fadeaway and all that. AI, I think Allen Iverson, his style, he was kind of the first street baller in the NBA. Um, in football, uh, nobody had ever done what Peyton Manning did at the line of scrimmage before. You know, that that I'm not sure anybody does it to that effect now, um, but he kind of introduced that. Uh, Mike Vick, you know, Fran Tarkenden ran, Randall Cunningham ran. Yeah, but but like, like when you saw Vick, Vick was the first guy where you were like, holy shit. Like that part, that's a weapon. And now we see the evolution Mobile of that. And we've seen a guy yep. like a Lamar Jackson win an MVP. You know, in baseball, it was Bob Gibson. Dude was you. They had to lower the mound because no one could hit him. You know, like those are the kind of people that I think Steph Curry has put his name in. Just sports historically wise, that's pretty impressive to me. Um, I remember watching this dude at Davidson, and I remember when he came out in the draft, and I was like, yeah, he could be like a JJ Redick. He could be a three point specialist. Um, but to see what he's become and how much he's changed basketball, it's. You know, I don't mean to be kissing Steph Curry's ass because I hope that if the Bucks make the finals, I hope that's who they play because I'd love to beat them. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it's he's 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 an impressive player. He's really done some interesting stuff in basketball that, as you you know, from sitting next to me forty five nights a year, I don't always love it. Right, the way that basketball is gone, but he has been a big part of that. I guess to answer your question, which is more important, um, having greatest of all time status or being a guy that's that's changed the game, 
you know, people like you, when you look back on this stuff, you appreciate, to me, you appreciate this stuff more. I don't think it's like that for... Sure. Because people are trophy chasers and ring chasers and jersey chasers, you know, and, and the ones that usually do that are the ones that have the greatest of all time status. Yep. And that's unfortunate because, to me, you look deeper within the game and how it's been affected rather than just who's been good. You know, you can be good and also change the game. You might not ascend to the level of those other guys that sell the jerseys and have the championships and the banners, you know, aside from, you know, Jordan. Um, But when you look back on it, if you have a couple of, of championships and you can also be a transcendent player, that to me is pretty damn special. Yeah, and I wish you know? it, I wish it was talked about more because like a guy like right. Mike Vick, I mean, obviously the well, the dog fighting thing notwithstanding. That, yes. But like he's not really talked about as that kind of a revolutionary player, not but at all. but he was. The only thing that they bring up was how terrible he was in the pocket. They didn't yeah. talk about how mobile he was and how impossible he was to catch and defend. He was always like well, when he is in the pocket, he's bad, and he overthrows people and turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. Well, did you think about how much he was of a nightmare for guys, decoordinators to plan for? But, yeah, but before him, you know. Cunningham was the guy. Yeah, but 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 they but every coach he had was trying to make him, him a pocket guy. Square peg, round hole. Steve Young yes. was a phenomenal athlete when he was in college and when he was um, on Tampa and when he was backing up. Montana, but when he got the job, then they were trying to shove him into the pocket. And and I get it. You don't want your guy to get, get killed. killed. That's right. But, you know, Mike Vick was, he was so far ahead of his, if Mike Vick came out now, I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd be like the greatest quarterback prospect they've ever had. They've ever had. He'd get every endorsement. He'd be on every video game. Um, he'd be mammoth. And, uh, you know, sometimes those sometimes people are just ahead of their time. It's a good list. You know? I like that list. All right. Um, college hoops. Yeah. Badgers are playing tonight. They play Nichols State, the Colonels. Um, they have a winning record. I think LePay said this morning they're out of the Southland Conference. Um, I don't know. I've I've never seen them. I didn't really know who they were. Um, Badgers split their two Big Ten uh, opening games. They beat Indiana at home. We had talked about that, about um, – about uh, coming back, being down so much against a bad Indiana team, because when you look at who they've played, they haven't played anybody real hard. Um, yeah, everybody was talking about this great comeback, but it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't have been in order to have like a great that. comeback, you had to suck for a half, which they did against a team that's pretty shitty. Yeah, they, they got well, they, they they got a guy, you know. Yeah, that's 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 about it. And then they and then they got pounded at Ohio State, mm-hmm. which. Yeah, I think the Badgers are going to take their lumps against the upper echelon a little bit this year. But, you know, you beat the bad teams, you you split with the good teams, you're going to be up, you know, you're going to be up in the top third. Stack up some wins yep. as, as much as you can. They should I think they got three non-conference games, Nickel State, Morgan State, and somebody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who, is. but it's, it's not great over the holiday break. It's no. They're just not tough opponents. So, um, Badgers and the Colonels tonight. Um, Marquette? Were you satisfied that it was an 11-point game against UCLA? I mean, you thought they were going to get absolutely well, murdered. the final was 11. It wasn't really that okay. close. Marquette didn't play particularly well, and I 
I had no illusions that they were going to win that game. I said last week I would have been thrilled if they went one and one, and they did. They beat Kansas State down at in uh, Manhattan. They mm-hmm. beat them by one, which was a really good competitive game. I'm not how I'm not sure how good Kansas State will end up being, uh, but you know, nice road win for for Marquette, and then uh, yeah, getting getting beat Saturday at home. What a weird situation that was. That game was supposed to be on at one thirty. Remember you told me that, and UCLA. Because of that storm last week, they got diverted to Denver, had to basically stay in there for a night. Then the game was going to be at like 7, and then it ended up getting pushed back. They didn't even start it till like 9, 9.15 Milwaukee time. So, um, yeah, mm. just kind of a weird scenario. But they got Xavier. They're at Xavier Saturday. Xavier's 22. And then they're home for number 20, UConn, on Tuesday. God, I'm so glad UConn's back in the Big East, right back where they belong. Um, so those are going to be two tough games to start out the Big East calendar. Again, I I would be thrilled with a split. Um, you know, I think that if this team can get anywhere around 500 in the Big East this year, that's going to be a hell of an accomplishment, and it'll probably get them on the tournament bubble line, which I've said all along, if they've made that, I'd be very, very happy with the season, so... Um, and then in the AP, you've got a fourth week in a row with a new number one. Everybody gets up there, and then they lose. Yeah. Well, per- Purdue had it for, what, 48 hours? Yeah, and they go to Rutgers of all places <laughs> and just crap their pants. Um, yeah, and I think the week before that was Duke, and the week before that was Gonzaga, Gonzaga. but they lost to Duke. So um, now it's Baylor, the defending uh, champs, and um, I don't know. We'll We'll see how long they make it. <laughs> Probably until they play Kansas, you know that's usually the game in the, Big, in the Big Twelve. 12. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, no Marquette, no Wisconsin. Was Bucky fell out of the yeah. top ten after their loss or top twenty five after their loss to Ohio State? Um, they were right at twenty six. Mm-hmm. They were just on the outside. Yeah. So we'll see. You know these three non conference games. If it's they, so if they damn early. Them, it don't really. It's no, not like it football where your ranking even matters. And, and most of that stuff's attrition anyway. Yeah. You know. Where where somebody in the twenties is going to lose and get knocked out, and you just sure. bump up. You're gonna yeah, number twenty is going to play fourteen. Right. You know the Badgers are going to play Michigan, and then the next game they play Ohio State, and then they play Purdue. It's like, well, you're not you're probably not winning all three. Nope, I would say not. All right, we will uh, we'll end tonight. You uh, you have some more active stuff on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I forgot last week to mention that I found another game and I put that up last week. Um, so you guys can check that out. I do have, I think, two more games that I will put on here, hopefully over Christmas break when I, when we get a little bit of break from doing some of these games and I got a little time to sit down and do that. But um, So what's the game? Uh, it is uh, Madison Memorial at Craig, uh, February of 99, our senior year, my senior year. Um, late, I think it's like two or three games before the end of the regular season, so it's late in the year. But, um, yeah, so it's right. just, you know, no no announcers. It's just uh, I think you can hear uh, you can hear Pearl up in the up in the box <laughs> giving a little run in commentary as the game goes oh, on. Oh, nice. Pearl Casanova for all you uh, yep. Craig alums that, that listen. But, um, yeah, and I got two more, like I said, that I hope to get on here in the, in the coming weeks. But, um, you know, when- if anybody ever has any of these things, you know, let me know. I mean, I I, I would prefer them from the 80s and 90s. Um, you know, that was kind of the heyday era. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if anybody's got anything uh, that they think I need to take a look at, I would be more than happy to do that. Well, you and I had talked about the evolution of what the local cable thing was. Because yeah. I, I remember walking in and seeing that big rack of equipment right at the end of one of the one of the bleachers and you know there was the producer right there who was you know they're ready to call the game and whatnot and it's like i just wonder what happened to all that footage i know right? where did it go is it sitting in a storage oh, unit somewhere I mean, there, there's there's high school football games there's high school basketball games craig parker Edgerton, Evansville. I mean, it's like so. Who do you talk to? Man, it, it's got to be an archive somewhere, right? That's what I would think. And and even if you don't, even if nobody has the the medium to play it anymore, because that stuff's probably ancient, you can send it to somewhere, and, and they digitize will digitize it. it. Yeah, sure. but like right now, if you walked into Charter and said or Spectrum or whatever, you know, and said, "Hey, I'm wondering who has this from." X amount of years when you were known as something else. Yeah, Marcus Cable, Jones Inner Cable. Nobody there I mean, that's Crown right now cable. knows any idea no. of what, what. So, like, who do who do you talk to yeah, well, most to of find those, Most of those people are probably, probably dead. dead. You know? I mean, I hate to be morbid, but shit, that was 30 years ago. Right. Those guys were probably 50 or 60 that were running the show. Yes. You know? Yes. No, it's, yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, I, I got, man, did I get kicked to the nuts yesterday been a full year since al passed away oh really that snuck up on me real quick yeah yeah i i I mean speaking of those games i mean i we had a job shadow last night at our game and Mm -hmm. i told him about how we record it for podcasts on mp3 even though my predecessor used to make copies of cassette tapes that he recorded right at the table while he was doing the game yeah now it's like "Eh, they take care of that back in the studio it's an mp3 just waiting for me you know and and Obviously, now all these high school games are on YouTube, YouTube yep. and, and nobody has to man it. And it's no, just it's motion just, tracking yeah. cameras. It's unbelievable, you know, and, and it's in HD quality and all that. And, I, and, and that's great. But like, dude, there's just something missing. Like you said, when you walked into the gym and it was a televised game and all the cameras were there and you had announcers at the end of the court sitting at the table with the TV, it just... It just felt a little bit more big time. It just kind of got you sure. going a little yes. bit. And now every game is recorded. We're like, I think, you know, we probably had four to six games a year on, max on, on TV. And, you know, and, and two of them are the Craig Parker game. One of them was a Craig Beloit game. And then you might get a game or three sprinkled in there. That was it. You know, so if you played two years of varsity, you might only have 10 games that were ever televised. But, like, those 10 games were big games. You know, they just felt felt bigger. I'm going to put this out um, maybe over the holiday break because I don't know whether we're gonna, I'm going to be able to get together to do, a, do an addition for between Christmas and New mm-hmm. Year's. I want to put out the word on Facebook and just see and get some ideas of where to start to look for some of that stuff. It's not even for me. Like, if you are doing a phenomenal job of posting this stuff, and I don't think anybody's doing it, I would like to see you get your hands on a lot of that old footage. Just to have. Because mm-hmm. you are, you clearly appreciate your time that you played, more so, it seems like, than anybody else. Well, I think, it's, I think a lot of it, too, is just funny. <laughs> I mean, like, looking back at, like how, like, how skinny somebody was or how stupid their haircut was or, like, the... The nut hugging shorts that the guys wore in the eighties, like that's just just funny to me. Yeah, you know, and to see like how crazy the crowds were, the student section, like it's just funny to me. It's like, you know, it's not 
it's not Bruce Springsteen glory days where like I'm sitting around going, God dang, we were good, man. We were good. Texas if high school did, football. If that referee yeah. had made that call, boy, we would have went to state. No, but like the program clearly means a lot to you. You know, Suter, you know, is one guy that you have looked up to for a sure, long time. Sure. And it's just, it seems to me that now that you've kind of started this project with your own YouTube channel, you would be the one, I would think, to have some of this stuff and get it digitized so that you could share it with a lot of people that, like you, might be curious about it. And you know if it's still around, it's just sitting somewhere yeah. not doing anything. Well, and I just want to help grow the program. Right. You know, I just want I want both, you know, and both Craig, Craig and Parker. But, you know, I went to Craig. I played at Craig, so I care a little bit more about Craig. Sorry, Matt Bredesen. Sorry. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. It's just facts. I look better in blue than I do in green. I can't help it. Matches my eyes. But I'm just saying, I want to help grow the programs oh in God. any way that I can. I don't really want to be a coach or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, us doing these games on the radio is a way for me to to give back and hope that some kids listen to us and, and mm -hmm. get something out of it. And, you know, if somebody can go on and watch and see what it used to be like. And, and you know, it's not necessarily about how good a player was. It's about while wow, the team was good. While the atmosphere was cool, while it was a big deal, that's pretty sweet. What if we could have that? Mm -hmm. That's just that's just what I hope for. I mean, we had a great atmosphere last night in the Craig Parker game. It was it was, it was the best in a couple of years. It was the best we've had in a yep. couple of years for sure. Um, it was a really good game. It was a lot of fun, and you know that's how it used to be every time. Yeah, every even time. even when the games were lopsided, didn't matter. It was packed. People were having fun. The students were going back and forth. The palms, the cheerleaders, the band was all there. Yep. I just, you know, I just wish that the kids now got a little bit more of that. Because that's what, at the end of the day, man, that's what high school sports is supposed to be that's all what about. It should be. That's Absolutely. It's, all it's not about getting a scholarship. It's not about how many points you score. It's about your teammates and the memories and the experiences and just having fun. And part of me also just wants to find out where the stash of that stuff is. I got to ask Coach if, if, if it still exists. I got to ask Coach, like, does he just have, like, a room in his basement that's just got stacks of tapes? Reel did, to or, reels. Or, which what he probably did, he probably just taped over everything with the next year. Because why keep buying tapes? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't need that year. We're done. Yeah. New New Year, yes, makes sense. No, I, I so yeah, I'm gonna put that out just to see if anybody has any any ideas about anybody that has some history with it or at least where to start. Because I don't mind shooting emails and and calling people just to try and get you know follow some breadcrumbs. I mean, you telling me you wouldn't want to watch a game a, a Craig football game when Bunyan was the quarterback? That's what I'm just, saying. Just like we were there, yes. But like I don't remember. Like me oh wow, Donald Hayes is playing corner for East. And Bunyan's the quarterback. Like that's the cool. That's yes. the cool stuff, man. All right, great way to wrap up the intentional foul for this week. Next week we'll uh, have the pre-Christmas, and then probably take uh, a week off between the holidays, uh, Christmas and New Year's. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. If you stuck with us, awesome. Download, subscribe, tell your friends. Until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Stay healthy and go Bucks.